way. We came here blessed, amen? And it's funny how we measure blessings sometimes and we think, oh, I don't know, I car- my car barely started. Or, uh, or um, you know, um, just not understanding the shelter of a car or just the ability. It- Some of us have experienced that, you know. We've experienced times, tough times where the cars wouldn't start. You know, we had to push start them. So remember my mom on Ogden. Everybody was out on this big van we had pushing it, trying to crank start it. Some of y'all don't know what crank starting is. Some of y'all don't know what a push start is. Some of y'all do. God bless y'all that do. I still remember Liz's hoopty. What was that thing called? Fumagalli? Some kind of Italian name, wasn't it? What was it? Uh, it, it's a funny story. So, you, you know, everybody, everybody sees, sees, you know, all of us in different stages of our lives, but you got stories. This car was so bad. <laughs> Your red one. No, it was another, that other one that was an Italian one. Renault. That car was so bad. There you go. Thank you. It was so bad that Brother Lorenzo, it broke down with it on him in Bertram. And he was working underneath it. And a cop stopped, thought he was stealing it. Kind of like wondering, why are you stealing this car? But it had shut down. He was hotwiring it, doing something. And then finally, the cop saw he was Lorenzo. He knew him because he went to school. And he goes, what are you, what are you, Lorenzo, is that you? What are you doing? Don't steal this one. Man. God progressively takes you places. Some of y'all, you know, want to get on top of the mountain without knowing what it was to be in the valley and appreciating getting back and forth. You know, to work. Brother Lorenzo used to drive that car from Georgetown to Bertram to burn it almost every day. You, I wonder, I wonder how Liz would be getting in that vehicle now. Ahora con los leathers y los cool seats y todo. How would we be? How would we be having a walk somewhere? Would we would be murmuring like Pastor talked about? I got to walk somewhere. I got to go. What? You're telling me I got to walk to the store? Ooh, bendecido, bendecido soy. bendecido. Man, Brother Manuel, Mr. Velma, ¿cómo están? We're blessed. You know what? We, we, we got to come here just feeling that we're blessed. Because God, it's, is, it, is it your season right now where, where you're feeling the struggle? Because to get out of that season, you've got to praise your way out of it. You got to say, God, you know what? Right now, it's, it's depressing outside. You know, some people like this weather. My wife loves this weather. Weird. <laughs> I don't. I can't stand this weather. I'm like. <sighs> but then I hit I, 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 it on my car. I hit the radio, and it tells me in two days the sun's coming out. <laughs> yes. I get all happy. But some people like this. 
Sister Zulu, you like this weather? Yeah. My wife taught me, and get the fireplace going. Who likes to get the fireplace going, get it warm in the house? Amen. We got to appreciate every little thing. So before the kids go, uh, let me see which kid I can pick here, pick on. Who am I going to pick on here? Hmm. Who? Richard? Dana, why don't you come up here? Dana? No? You don't want to come up here? Got to come up here. Everybody's they're going to put the camera on you. Just come over. I'm going to ask you a quick question. Just stand right here. It's going to be easy, okay? I want you to come up here, and I just want you, where's a microphone? Let me grab a microphone. I just want you to read the title. You can stay right there. I just want you to read the title. It's real easy. I want you to, I want you to, what does that title say? So where you sit determines what you see, right? So can you go over there by Monte Carlos? Just stand right beside Monte Carlos. You can stand, you don't have to sit. Can you tell me what that next, the first verse is going to be there? Hallelujah, no. It's Proverbs 11 too. It's tough, right? I couldn't see it. I, I, I wouldn't have been able to see it even farther than that. Come, come a little closer and tell you where you get, where do you see it at? Right there? Okay, praise the Lord. Thank you. Let me see the microphone. Now, if I can get, uh, I don't know, who else? Mm, Gabby. Gabby, can you come over here, Gabby, real quick? Can you read that next, that next line right here? No, right here. You can come closer. You can come closer. I'm not going to bite you. No, I know. Can you read that, this whole line? Is it on? So, determine or determines. Read it one more time. So, how, yeah, how close are you to God's will, question mark, right? And then, amen. Okay. Now, go by Brother Carlos. Can you tell me the last verse on the list? No? Not even a guess? Words or anything? When do you see it when you start coming up? Or can you tell me what the last verse is? Oh, wow. Awesome. Okay. Now, Brother Manuel. Can you come over here, Brother Manuel? <laughs> Gotta have a little bit of fun here, right? Yeah, you're going to stand right beside me the entire time, huh? What are we doing here, right? If you could just, again, brother, read that first, the title one more time, if you don't mind. And you can. What does that say? That top, that top title, yeah. Where you sit determines what you see, amen? And let's just do it one more time, brother. If you could just get... And if you could tell me what that, 
this verse is right here. Can you see that verse at all? <laughs> That's it. You're, you're trying to memorize. When do you see it? Right there? What is it? What is the, the, the I'm sorry, the verse, yeah, the Revelation 3.20, amen. Thank you. So, brothers and sisters, you know, in, in, in the, point, the point that I'm wanting to make is that it don't matter who was, we saw a young, young eyes and we saw old eyes and, no, and nobody, nobody could see it the further they got away. And, and, you know, sometimes we find ourselves thinking that we're being guided by God and we're not close to him. And we start to start to see that that distance starts to confuse us a little bit. I don't see it so clearly. It seems like it's trees moving. We hear the man saying when Jesus spit on the ground and try to give him sight. So what happens during this, we could call it transitional phase in our walk with Christ. Our walk with Christ is, it's beautiful. Let's just think about this real quick because it says, you know, return to your first love and your first love is, oh man, I want to be with Jesus. I'm close with him. I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm walking with him. I'm talking with him. Uh, and you're hearing the words and you're, man, that was so profound what Jesus said. I'm going to take it home. I'm going to study it. I'm going to, I want more. I want you to give me more wisdom, God. And then it goes a little later where it's like, well, yeah, that was pretty good. I have to remember to study that. And I'm not studying it so much now. I'm, I'm, I'm feeling like I'm under grace. I'm under your grace, God. So, so, so I'm not so prepared or aware or focused or willing to sacrifice or willing to. And then it gets to a point where it's like, ah, oh, you know what? I got some left in the tank. You know, I think I'll make it. I, uh, you know, you know, all I know is the blood of Jesus, blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. Cast you away, demons. And we're really, you know, Jesus is, and we can't even see him or, or remember fully what he was telling us and how he was guiding us. Some of us, too, we're, we're really excited, right? We're like, uh, I want to experience, I want to see Jesus, I want to understand Jesus, and, and, and we're not moving towards him. Our faith is keeping us still. There's some of us that are, are really, really intent and we're like, you know, I, I want to experience Jesus and yet we're not moving towards him. We're moving further away from him. You'll never experience anything moving away from it. You, move, you experience it and, and, and you understand it the closer you get to it. You know, relationships don't get better by pulling apart. They get better by getting closer together. God bless the kids this evening. Amen. So the title, where you sit, determines what you see. You know, the, donde te sientas determina lo que ves. That's really simple, you know, for us to say, well, man, you know, 
is, is a brother telling me to move closer? <sighs> no, I'm not telling you to move closer. You're comfortable where you're at. You, your, seat, your seat is probably molded to you already. It's shaped to you, right? Let's not get you out of your seat. The foam, the foam has supported you, has created a support around you, the foam that you're sitting on. Nobody's asking you to move. But where are you at when it comes to understanding? Where are you at when it comes to your, your, your relationship with God? How, you know, are, are, you, are you in a, in a comfortable state where you feel that God, uh, um, you know, my, it's my God is my God, you know, uh, Dios poderoso. And, and are, are, we more, are we more accustomed to just claiming him by a few verses and, and not in the commitment? I made a comment one prayer service. I said that our prayers can outweigh our commitment. Process that for a little bit. If you're coming over here and you're asking God for big things, our commitment has to be big. Pretty simple, right? If I'm over here saying, God, I want you in my life. I want you to move in my life. I want you to respond to things in my life. Then I need to respond to him in my life. God, I want you to remove this from me. God, take this away from me. And we got to believe him when he tells us what it takes. And I think a lot of the times what comes into our lives to distract us, to, to push us away, to, to expose us a little bit, is that we don't like to hear the truth. Who likes to hear the truth? I don't like to hear that I'm going bald. I tengo nariz grande. I'm just watching who's laughing to see who believes that. We don't like to hear the truth, right? But it's true when that saying is that the truth will set us free when it comes to things that are important. You know, where's the joy? Where's the hope? Where's the strength you know sometimes it's hard to get here for us because we're we're tapped out from the world the world's taking it from you the world's taking your hope you know i'm hoping on this i'm doing this i'm i'm trying to do this i'm trying to achieve this and and i come to church with a migraine of course you're going to come to church with a migraine you're not allowing god to do it i come to the church tired of course you're, you're coming to church tired you're not allowing god to do it when God does it, it's boom. We've had those. I've had experiences both in 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 in, in financial and in, in relationship with my wife, where you just give it to God, give it to God, be happy with what God's going to do. Don't force it to fit, because when you force it to fit, usually the separation begins. So the question that was asked is, how close are you to God's will? Some of us can say, well, what is God's will? How close are you to the will of God? How close are you to where you hear something, you hear the word telling you something, and, and, and is, it, is it a rigid commandment or is it flexible to you? You know what a rigid commandment is? It's immovable. 
There's no way I can go around this. Or do we start to shape this commandment from God or his will to work our life? It's pretty, pretty impactful. You know, where, where we start to say, well, I know the word says that, but my life's not there yet, so I'm going to wrap it around. I, I know I'm supposed to do this. I know I'm supposed to forgive my brother and sister. I know I'm supposed to forgive uh, my enemy. I know I'm supposed to forgive this, but, but I, 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 God will understand and how can we how can we expect God to understand forgiveness? Us not forgiving. Doesn't that almost sound silly? Does it almost sound silly for us to say, well, God will understand me not being able to forgive? I mean, for, for the, us that know the story of Jesus, that he's hanging on a cross. And, 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 he, and he does the, the most tremendous thing, being crucified unrighteously, we can say. And he says, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they do. How can we ever question forgiving? It's like we, when we get to that point, then, then our pride has taken over. And, and the wound, I've got a wound right now. I told you I cut my finger and, and I can feel it. When I press on it, it hurts in the inside. It's hurting. And I find myself like wanting to feel that. Like when's that going to go away, right? When's that going to go away? When's it, but am I hurting myself worse by doing that? I'm not a doctor. <laughs> And sometimes with the scars that we have, we're constantly feeling them. We're constantly, is it still hurting? Yeah, it's still hurting. It's still hurting. Yeah, it's still hurting. When's that going to go away? Well, time's going to make it go away. Don't hurt it anymore. And again, sometimes we, we want to find our, an escape, amen? We turn to um, Proverbs 11, Amen. When pride cometh, then cometh shame. But with the lowly is wisdom. What does that mean? So we find ourselves, and if we use the example of forgiveness, or we use the example in any way if we're doing God's will, that was the question, how close are we to God's will, right? So how close are we to God's will? God's will, you know, says to, 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 to be lowly, to be in wisdom. But it also lets us know if pride's there, that shame's going to come. Why does it say that? Because there's times that we feel so sufficient here. We're like, well, brother, you know, I know that word was good and, and I hope it helps somebody tonight. <laughs> wow. Oh, you know, I hope that, I hope, yeah, bro, you, I'm glad you talked about pride. You know, there's, people got pride. It's good that you're, it's good that you talked about that, bro, because, you know, I was wondering when you were going to bring that up again. <laughs> but the ones that feel you know, that God still can do something tremendous in them, in them. 
not around them. We, we, look for, we look for, you know, we look for our storehouses to be full before the hole in us is covered up. We look for, you know, again, the, the surrounding, the physical, and, and are, are my fields growing? Is, is, is my storehouse full? Is, are, are there camels? Are there animals? Are, when we're the mess. And our pride starts to take over a little bit. We don't like to hear this. None of us wants to hear that, we're, that, that God still needs to work on us, that we're not ready yet. You're not ready yet. Nobody wants to hear you're not ready yet. Tell me somebody here that wants to hear you're not ready yet. Nobody, including myself, likes to hear you're not ready yet. You know, we, we, we all want to believe we're ready. You know, I, I, I love Pastor's, you know, message a few weeks ago when he mentioned that and, and he was telling, advising the brother, hey, you're not ready yet. I hate to hear that. I hate to hear, you know, when we're convinced we're ready when, when God has put people in our lives that can help us, that can say, you're not ready yet. But, but that's the desire you have. Let's pray about it. You, you, the, the worst thing we can do is we can go to someone and tell someone we're ready. What we do is we go to someone and say, can we pray about this? God, can you show me this? Can you show me if this is right? When we start to force things in and trying to fit it in and trying to make it happen, did you see what the word of God said? Our pride didn't allow us to receive the advice. So what comes? Shame. When we come here and we're like, you know, and I think a lot about that. I mean, we've had some great, some of y'all don't know the examples. You know, I was talking a little bit about vehicles and stuff, but you know, you know, Brother Lorenzo, if he wouldn't have went to pastor and said, hey, pastor, I, I, I'm, I'm thinking about taking this job in Austin. It pays really good. It's a chemical lab. Good benefits. Good for my family, but, you know, I'm going to have to work nights, so it's going to be, that's the only part. It's tough. Challenging. But there's this other opportunity here with this man that, you know, cares about families and, and he's offering me it's less, but it sounds like a good opportunity. It sounds like I can grow. How many of y'all wouldn't even have came for advice on that? You would have been like, man, it's true. Crazy tall. Goes over there and asks pastor. And we can say, well, that's his dad. He came to him as a pastor and pastor gave him some good advice. Said, well, it sounds like this other guy. I know it's less, but if he's, he's a family guy, he's going to understand your needs, and you got young kids. And that guy gives him stealth. You guys have no idea, do you? You don't know. Because you just see the later. You see the, la- you know, the latter part of the life instead of the humbleness. You hear Brother Lorenzo and he talks about the struggle with pride and the, and the battle. And God was working on him. And some of us, we got to get to that point where, where we can humble ourselves because it's enough shame. Enough with the shame, right? 
Enough with the mistake, enough with the pride in a decision. Well, I'm going to do it this way and, you know, it's, it'll be okay. And, and, and it takes you getting closer to God. You can see clearly. And to get closer to God, you've got to put your pride to the side. How many struggle with pride? How many don't want to hear, don't want, don't want the advice? You know, uh, th- th- we we think that the path that we're on is is okay, and 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 even though it's a little bumpy, and even though it's it breaks down every once in a while, you know, if you're struggling with pride, the word of God is pretty clear here, where it says, "Then shame will visit you." When you humble yourself and you say, "Okay, I need to ask and I need to pray," we need to instead of making a rash decision, pray about it and say, is this right? Is it what, God, is this just my heart speaking or is it you guiding me, God? You know, God, you know, it's funny. When you start to ask God for wisdom, God gives it to you. The lowly what? What did it say? The lowly find wisdom. The lowly, but with the lowly is wisdom. So if I come to God and I say, God, I'm man, I'm human, I'm a worm, I'm nothing. I need you to show me, God, what the, what the right answer is. I need you to guide me, God, right now. I, I feel like this is a good decision, but is it just my feelings? So... You know, again, I, I grew up. I grew up. I grew up. You know, I grew. I grew up in a in a family that gave a good example of coming to church and 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 not only coming to church but but working hard on 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 living what you know what church was. I remember a tough conversation. I remember a conversation, we're sitting there, and I still remember, and it's like, you know, I never thought I would hear, you know, my dad telling me this. I never thought I'd hear my dad, but it had to come to a point in my life where, where either he was going to enable me to go down a path struggling, or he was going to shock me to see how committed he was. Remember sitting there, and he goes, um, "If if you're not wanting to serve the same God I'm going to serve, you know, and you're going to be there as a stumbling block, it's better that you just leave because I'm going to serve God. I mean, I I feel this I feel this fire in my heart. I feel God's going to do some big things and." And, and and if you're not going to, if you're not pulling the same way and you're going to be, it's better that you. And I remember hearing that and it's like, I'm a grown man. I'm not a kid. I had a couple of little pelitos growing out. Cantifla stuff. I remember sitting there and. But but then but then I remember you know I start looking and, and some of us we sh- we struggle with the side of it and this is a distracting our heart because our our feelings get in the way and 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 we forget you know we forget and and they're saying hey Jesus your family's outside that need to speak to you and we, we think that Jesus is like oh no Jesus would never do that. 
pastor was wrong in doing that. How many of y'all, you know, you, you want to criticize pastor for doing that? But, but nobody, nobody understands the love or what God has done for someone. Only the person does. And so we see them, and they're like, Jesus, your family's out there. You know, they, they want to speak to you. And he's like, who? who? Excuse me? Who? Because this is my family. Those that do the will of my Father that's in heaven. And yet, God sees our reaction. God sees our our commitment to our feelings. And the distance begins to happen. we're not seeing so clearly anymore. We're making decisions based off of our heart instead of the word of God. And letting God do it, we're trying to force it to fit. When we start to let God say, hey, you know what, God, I'm going to give it to you. I've got, I got to trust in you, God. You know everything. You know my heart. Be merciful, God. Be, but I'm going to give it to you, God, because if I get involved, I'm going to get angry. I mean, y'all, how, many y'all th- how many of y'all think y'all help with stuff and you just get angry? You stress out. Some of y'all, you know, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just speaking, right? I'm just talking about, I'm talking about my situation with my son. You know, he's hiding tonight. He doesn't think I can see him, but I can, I could probably read Proverbs up there in the corner where I see him at. I remember there was a time where he came to me with something and God told me, he goes, how are you going to handle this, right? Are you going to handle this where you're going to be his friend? Or are you going to hide? handle it where you'll always be a life mentor I could be his friend I could say well you know it's all right you know or I can direct him and give him advice that could help him like I said sometimes we don't want to hear the truth about the matter Proverbs twenty six twelve. Has visto hombre sabio en su opinión, más esperanza hay del necio que de él. Man, that's a pretty, that's a pretty strong statement, isn't it? Seest thou a man wise in his own counsel? Oh, his own conceit. There is more hope of a fool than of him. Why is that? I don't understand that statement until I really start to, I want to look at it and I need to observe it. And, and, you know, sometimes it's like, why did, why did that person say that about me? Do I have a big nose? I'm looking in the mirror, right? You know, it's sometimes we come here and we don't even care that the word of God has told us something that has offended us that we just leave offended instead of saying, why did I get offended by this? Because I do think I'm right. I never think I'm wrong. You know, I I asked one service, I said, how often are we saying sorry? How often do you say sorry? I could just kill some of y'all. We might as well just cancel the service because some of y'all are saying, not so often. Some of y'all are real good at it. You're, you're sorios. <laughs> Some of y'all are too good at it. That you, you, instead of you know, saying sorry, just change. <laughs> it's easier to say sorry than change, though. 
That's me sometimes. I'm sorry I did that. I'm sorry I reacted that way. Componete. Stop saying sorry. Just fix yourself. Oh, I'm sorry. I know you're. I know you're sorry. <laughs> but it's true. But some of us struggle saying it sorry at all. Got a lot of pride. And you think you're right. And the problem is when you think you're right, is like then you can't be guided. I don't care who you think you are. You're like, oh, I only listen to God. God's the only one that speaks to me. God's trying to speak to you, and sometimes you ain't listening because you're not close to him anymore. And this is where this anxiety is in you. And you hear prayer requests, and they're more about things that are around you than things that are in you. Oh, you don't want to hear that. You don't want to hear this tonight, right? I'm telling you, God has, God, God has word for us. God, ha, God has a hope for us. God has a, a transformation for us. God, God has something new for us. God has, God has something for you and your family. God's the type of God, when, when I plant myself here, God's working out there. The thing is to be planted. Not in a pot that can be moved around near the waters, the living waters, the one where my leaf doesn't fall, it flourishes. Trust in you, God. You know what you're doing. Devil wants to pull me. Devil wants to yank me and worrying about finances, worrying about my family, worrying about all these different things that separate me from seeing you. Oh, I, I, brother, you know, it's, 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 it's stressful right now. I got this going on and this and that. How are you seeing God in this? How is God, how, how, are you talking to God? Are you, are you, are you, are you seeking counsel? Because when you don't, that's where the trouble happens. I, I, I like this verse right here, this next verse, I believe it is. It says right here, Revelations 3.17, and I'm not going to lie to y'all, I don't go to Revelations a lot. I feel like like I'm a little kid, I'm scared. Ooh. But when I go to Revelations and I find something here, and I like this one right here, it says, Porque tú dices, yo soy rico y estoy enriqueciendo y no tengo necesidad de una cosa y no conoces que tú eres un pitado. ¿Cómo? Pitado y miserable y pobre y ciego y desnudo. Listen to this. Because thou sayest I am rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing and knowest not that thou art wretched, miserable, poor, blind and naked. Now, you know, I... I could have said some stuff that bothered you tonight. I could have said some things that kind of said, mm, I wonder if somebody told them about me, but I didn't call you wretched. But the word of God is strong in how it comes and it says naked. You go to the beginning of Genesis. He finds us naked, clothes us, and we go to the end of the Bible, 
And he's still finding us naked? Because we decided not to receive his word. And, 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 and to me, you know, these are things that Jesus came to, to heal, to remove. He came for the wretched. He came for the miserable, the poor, the blind, naked. But our pride doesn't allow us. Our, our, our thoughts of being right don't allow us to hear God's word. Our, our, you know, our struggle, our not wanting to bend or shape, be shaped by him. And here comes, here comes the breaking. I'm tired of that. I'm tired of having to, to be broken by stuff that I should fix. There, there came a time in my life, brothers and sisters, where I got tired of, 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 of playing church. I got tired of, you know, of, of not experiencing God or understanding the word when it was being preached or saying, God, let me see what, what's being said. Let me understand it. Let me apply it. Let me, and that's where, you know, that's where his word became honey instead of, you know, bitter or, or became boring or just, you know, I, I got to go do my 20 minutes in the bathroom here at church. Help me, God, because I'm hurting my family. I'm passing on traits that you can remove through your word if I just, if I just accept it, if I just examine it, God. I want to see you clearly. I want to see you in my life, Jesus. 1 John 2.16 Porque todo lo que hay en el mundo, la concupiscencia de la carne y la concupiscencia de los ojos y la soberbia de la vida, no es del Padre, más de quién? Del mundo. For all that is in the world. I like it too how it says for for parts of the world for this segment of the world for this side of a city this side of a, 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 a of a region of a of, of of the nation it says for all that is in the world that's a that's a statement you can't get her out of, can you? All that is of the world, the lust of the flesh. The lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. So, so what is lust? What does it say? The lust of the flesh. The lust of the flesh, see, everybody, everybody, you know, we're all grown-ups here, and I don't see any kids. Well, you know, I see a kid, but I, I, it's not what you think it is. The lust is desiring things that are desiring so much 
that you lose your senses. You lose your ability to focus. You lose your ability to follow God because you're following your lust. Your lust will make you blind. Your lust will start to make you think you're making right decisions. And you can lust. It says that the lust, there's the lust of money, right? And so when you get to this point where you're lusting so much and you're, then, 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 then you're not, then you're not, you're not seeking God's counsel. You're seeking yourself. And, and again, there, here comes the shame and, and, and there ain't no way around it. There's no way around it. If there ain't no way that you're going to escape this when you're lusting after something, that's not the, God's will. It's not just a sexual thought process here, brothers and sisters. It's something that overtakes our minds. We think about it so much that we stop thinking about what God wants us to do. And we start to think about what we need to do. So now we push God to the side and say, hey, God, I know. I know what I need to do. I know what I should be doing. I know I know I should, you know, I know, like I mentioned before, I know I should forgive. I know I should not have this. I know I need to humble myself to you. I know I need to ask for prayer. I know I need prayer. When I need prayer, am I asking for prayer or am I not asking for prayer? I'm just asking you, God, because my relationship's with you, God. When God's saying, humble yourself, humble yourself to your brothers and sisters. Ask for prayer when you're in trouble. But we won't because we got too much pride. That pride doesn't allow us to ask for this. I have experienced in my life personally where I felt like I, I felt like I knew it all. I'm a know-it-all. Who's a know-it-all here? Know-it-all, you respond back. You're very quick to, that's me. You a know-it-all? You a Google? You don't know it, I'll know it. It's me. I got to come to a point where God's like, you know what, God, you know it all. And I need to go to you. In this situation right now, I need to go to you, God, because I'm over here thinking that I'm going to handle it with what my uh, up here, but I got to handle it with what's up there. You need to reach my heart, God, and convince and open the doors because if it's going to be you, God, that does it, it's you. If it's going to be me that does it, it's going to crumble. God knows us so well. God knows our hearts so well, and he knows our desires of our hearts. Amen? How many of us believe that God knows the desire of our hearts? I mean, come on, you're not experiencing it? Because, you know, we would shout it. We would be like, yeah, I know he does. I know he, it's hard when we're in a place and like, how many of us know that God knows the desire? Amen. you don't know you're like thinking you know your heart's in control right now it's too much in control you're not you're not pushing away distractions and saying god i you know that's why that young man that god says sell everything you have and follow me he couldn't do it and he and he turned around it doesn't even say he said anything that's the thing that shocks me it's not like he said i can't do it. you know i'm a wealthy guy i could invest you know we could take this place another level we could get the disciples we can get the best camels we could take you and and do all these things he just turned away and walked away You know how deep that is? Do we understand how profound that is that that the man couldn't even respond back to Jesus because Jesus hit it where he hit it at 
And that's how Jesus works. There's times that God's going to affect the thing that's going to make you crumble, the thing that's going to bring shame to you. He's going to touch that button that's going to hurt so much trying to change you. But he's also going to reveal things. That either you're going to stay there and say, you know what? You know what? I mean, the opportunity. We all sit here. We come to church because of that opportunity. We come to learn about Jesus. Could you imagine, you know, Jesus standing and saying, you know, this, and you just being like, maybe church isn't for me. But all it would have taken was that young man to say, you know what, God? I'm struggling right now. I want to turn away from you, Jesus. I want to, can you pray for me? I, I want this, but it's hard for me. And all Jesus would have done is say, feel my peace. Because this peace that I give you, the world does not have. And that person would have been like, I'm sold. Because I've never felt that. I've worked, I've done this, I've done this, this, and even though I give and I do this stuff, it's a, it's a hunger I have. But he turned away and walked away. And we find ourselves turning away. And walking away when the word of God's coming and it's hurting and it's bothering you. It's intimidating you. It's finding you naked. When the word of God finds you naked because you got pride, because you did something, something happened, and you can't even you can't even ask for forgiveness. You can't you can't humble yourself and let and let and let God work and do things and move. We're people that need to see something instead of rejoice and knowing it's happening. We're the type of people that are like, when I have it in my hands, I'll rejoice. Or when it's next to me, I'll rejoice. God's like, man, you, your hope and your faith is limited then. He wants to take us to places, brothers and sisters, that your mind can't even comprehend. He wants to do things in your family, in your lives, that you can't even, you think you could ride, you think a white picket fence is enough for God? God can do something in your life. God can transform something. God can heal something. God can find spiritual cancers in us. The hope we have is like, you know what, I came and, 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 and I don't have cancer in my body. I came and, 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 and you know, Sister Sandra would tell you, you're not doing dialysis. Praise the Lord. But yet we come here and we're like, oh, I don't know. It's tough. And God's like, you know what? It'll only get tougher unless you praise me in the small. Unless you praise me in the small. And we, 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 we look at a passage in the Bible. Let's talk about a quick parable, right? Because, you know, parables, you, you know, you, I'm going to tell you something you might not understand. It, and God said that that was kind of planned that way too because your mind not be, might be clear. But let's look at the talents real quick, amen? Talents, right? Because a lot of people want to think that they're just talents. Like, oh, that person's talented. No, no. It, you know, it was talking about God gave them money. And he gave one, what was it? One, two, and five. The one with five brought him back 10. The one with two brought him back four. And the one with one brought him back one. 
and, 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 and what's so important about this is that, is that we, you know, the, the one with five wasn't afraid about disappointing God because he, he, he received five from God and he said, you gave me this, you entrusted me with this. Now I'm going to go bring back more to you, God. I'm going to do more for you, Jesus, because you've given me so much. And he brought God back. And God says, all right. The one with two didn't say, well, you know, he gave this guy five over here. I'm just going to keep the two. He went over there and he had the same purpose. He says, I'm going to double this and come back to you, God, with this. But the one with one was afraid, doubted, doubted that God could do something with him. And he went and buried it. How many of us here, we might not even be afraid. We might not think we're qualified. I'm not qualified for God to use me. I've kind of put that away. I come here and, you know, but I don't bring it with me. And some of us need to dig that up and do something with it. And you're going to see God bless you in ways that can't imagine I'm talking about you know you see it in, in your family you see the protection and and like I said you know God still while there's you know the sun comes out tomorrow there's still hope if we turn to Hebrews eleven twenty seven, por fe dejó a Egipto no temiendo la ira del rey, porque se sostuvo como viendo al que invisible. By faith he forsook Egypt. Who's he talking about? Moses. Not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured and seeing him who is who? Who is who? Invisible? How can you see somebody who's invisible? Amen. We come here sometimes, we get excited, right? We're motivated, and it's like, you know, I, I, I've heard people mention before, it's like, we come and get our fix at church. I needed that. Oh, I needed that fix. Oh, I, it, we treat church like it's, it's, it's a bar, and, we're, and we're, it's, it's a rough day, and I just need to get through the week, and I'm going to come over here and get my fix. But then we go downhill again. But Moses, look what it says right here. By faith, by faith he took this big step to be used by God. And it says, as seeing him who is invisible. So, so Moses, Moses was so amped up. Moses was so on fire that, that he saw who was invisible. He saw the burning bush talking to him. He knew there was something there. Give him hope, give him faith, give him strength. Some of us were like, I, I need to see something. I need to see, I need to see you, God. I need to, I know, I know, I know, you know, I read, you know, and I know by faith and I know, and I know this, God, but, but once you start to see the things that he's done for you, how he showed up when you prayed, you asked for prayer, how he showed up when, when you prayed to him, how he brought peace 
the miracles he's done, the security that he, he's given you to know that he's your God. But when we don't have that peace, then we don't see him. And he is invisible. But Moses, we could see him. Like I was talking about a few weeks ago, you know, Moses still had his issues, didn't he? And that's the thing is, what are our issues that might not allow us to experience the blessings of God? We see here, you know, Moses at the door of the promised land, not entering he was disobedient to what God had asked him to do. God made it real simple, didn't he? What did he say in Mano Carlos? you remember? Remember that day I was saying what it was? Who remembers? Huh? Nobody remembers, huh? Praise the Lord. God bless all y'all. God told him to do what? Get the people. Go to the rock. And what? Hit it? Huh? Talk to it. What did he do? He got the people, he yelled at them, and he hit the rock three times. I don't think it was that hard for what he told them to do. It's not like it was complicated. Hold on, God, let me write that down. God would have been like, really, Moses? You've been through all this stuff right here. You need to write down three simple things? Get the people, talk to the rock. Water's going to come out. But sometimes it gets like that. We can't even, you know, we're, we're, we're not comprehending what God's doing. And then we wonder why it's so simple. God was asking you to do something really simple. And it, we make it complicated. We make it complicated. Our, our flesh makes it complicated. Our lust makes it complicated. Hebrews 4.13, amen? Y no hay cosa criada que no sea manifiesta en su presencia. Antes todas las cosas están desnudos y abiertas a los ojos de aquel a quien tenemos que dar cuenta. Look! Look at this. This is where this is where sometimes we feel like we get here sometimes, and it's like, man, I just went through the X-ray machine. He saw it all, and we get here, and we just we feel we feel defeated. We feel beat. We feel like, what hope do I have? If you know, I've, I've been here at church, and I'm still struggling and things. And it says, neither is there any creature that would include me. That is not manifest in his sight, but all things are naked and open unto, unto the eyes of him with whom we have to do. The, you, we could take this two different ways, right? We could take this to where it's annoying and we hide from him. Adam and Eve, where are you? Oh, we're hiding over here because we're naked. Or. 
We get close to him and he clothes us. And he knows us. And what a beautiful relationship when you have a relationship with someone and instead of them criticizing you, they're coaching you. See, God won't criticize you, nor will he judge you when you're close to him. The further we get away, the more we feel his judgment. The closer we are to him, we're right there with his grace. Sin doesn't separate us. Sin is a separator of us and God. When we're close to him, we're hearing him, we're seeing him clearly. The first thing we want to do is when we're offended, when we're going through something, is we want to get away from God. We could be here, but we're not here. We could physically be sitting here, but we're not mentally here accepting God's word. We're annoyed. We're, 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 when, is, when are you going to finish? Or why did I come tonight? Or, or what do you have to do with me? As that demon said. But when we're close to God and we've accepted that we need change, that we, you know. And it's a beautiful thing when we start to, when we start to realize that we need change and we need God and like, God, I'm broken. You know, God, I'm a mess. God, 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 I need work, God. And God, God's okay with that. This thing is when we're there, we're like, man, God, I need you to work on this. God, God, I brought this stuff from when I was a child. God, I didn't have this growing up. God, God, I don't know where this came from. God, 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 you know, and God's like, okay, 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 enough. I don't want to see this anymore from you. So you stop seeing it. I know you did those things. We know it. We can sit here and, and dwell on it, but enough. Let's now get close to me. Let me coach you. Let me guide you. Let me take you places. That holding on to all those things would have never let you get to. You would never have experienced it. Because when you hold on to things from the past, you can't experience your future. Because the first thing that triggers it, you hit the rock. I wasn't there with Moses. I didn't. I don't. I don't know why Moses disobeyed God. But you know, could Moses have been there saying, "Hmm, I'm tired of these people. Forty years in the desert, all because they murmured, all because they they didn't want to experience God. I'm tired of these people. I know. I know we're about to enter the promised land, but let me give them. Just let me just give them one more. You know, tongue lashing here." And did Moses not experience grace or God's mercy? Did he not understand that God was covering all of them, including himself? And this is what happens sometimes, and then we miss the mark at the very end. We miss the mark at the very end. I don't want to miss the mark, amen? I, 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 I want to be focused. I want to be close to God. I mean, I don't know if there's anybody else that here that just wants to be close to God or, or, or experience God. Ephesians 1.18. Alumbrando los ojos de vuestro entendimiento para que sepáis que cual sea la esperanza de su vocación y cuáles las riquezas de la gloria de su herencia en los santos the eyes 
of your understanding being enlightened. That's pretty, isn't it? So we see here that our understanding has eyes. So having eyes, it also can be blind. Right? Blind understanding. But we see here, the eyes of your, un- of your understanding being enlightened. So right here it says, they were darkened, they weren't seeing, they were, they were blind, but now they're enlightened, that ye may know what is the hope of what? His calling. And what the riches of the glory of his inheritance is. In the saints. Now listen to this, brothers and sisters. This is where this is where the anxiety goes away. This is where we're not wondering what's gonna happen, you know, in 2018. We're not worried, you know, about about our the world that we're living in because we know that if we're worried about what's inside of us, if we're worried about how close we are to him, he's taking care of everything. That's where the enlightenment happens. This is where I'm like, ah. Oh. This is where I'm not like, well, what am I going to do if I get sick in 2018? Or what are we going to do if this? Well, what about this? And what about this? I want to praise God because God has gotten me through 2017. I want to praise God because he's removed some things from me in 2017. He's shown me some things in 2017. I don't want to worry about something I can't control. You start to worry. We're worried worry wards aren't we what if this what if that what if this happens i gotta have this i gotta have this ah man you know what god you've been so good god so so good to me i just want to worry god if i'm not by your side i just want to worry if i'm not paying attention what you're telling me and the advice you're giving me god I just want to worry if I'm, if I'm letting my heart and my feelings distract me from what you have shown me, God. God, help me. The riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. We turn to Hebrews 3.12. Take brethren lest there be in any of you it's a pretty that's powerful how Paul tells them like be careful watch out you know would it get your Christian watch out would Christian look up that's like Paul you know like you know It don't matter how far we are, how close we are. If we hear, watch out. Be careful. And especially when we hear it with our name, right? Especially when we hear it to us. Be careful. Watch out. And we see here Paul saying, be careful, brethren, lest there be any of you an evil heart of unbelief. When you're around somebody and you're hearing negativity, when you're around somebody and you're hearing and you're hearing no hope, when you're around somebody and you're hearing, you know, the murmuring, watch out. Watch out. Watch out when there's a lot of negativity. Watch out. Watch out when 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 the power that God can do to change something, transform something isn't acknowledging God. Watch out. 
Because we all think we're strong until that takes over. And there's some things that it takes more than just being around them to change. To an evil heart of unbelief and departing, and departing from the living God. Watch out. Watch out. We've got to value this. We've got to value this. The salvation that God has given us. And we've got to watch out. Some of us don't know how to value it because we don't understand it. Like Paul says, we, we keep on denying it. We keep on rejecting it. We keep on breaking our, our pack with Christ. It becomes easier just to, like I said, ask for forgiveness. Even the Bible says that the Lord gets tired. The Lord gets tired. And and instead of making the change, instead of having that word be an impact to our hearts to to perform a change, we, we, our spirit starts to die off. Let's turn to Acts 26, 18, amen? To open their eyes and to turn them from what? Darkness to light and from the power of Satan unto God that they may receive forgiveness of sins and the inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith that is in me. You see, there's a power, we could say power struggle going on right now, amen? The first one is light and darkness. What would you say the middle of light and darkness is? Anybody? What would you say the middle of light and darkness is? It's kind of hard, right? Everybody's like, I don't know. I've never really heard anybody say that. How about a shadow? Ever seen a shadow? Not even your own, but a shadow of a tree? And we see that this battle right here between dark to light and Satan and God is that sometimes we're living in the shadow. Sometimes we find ourselves not completely coming out of the darkness, but enough to where you can see me a little bit, but when I need to hide a little bit, dark's right there. I'm going to let you see what I want you to see, but I'm also going to hide what I don't want you to see. I'm going to hide the hurt. I'm going to hide the pride. I'm going to hide the anger. I'm going to hide sin, and I'm going to dwell in the shadows. 
But you know what I love? I mean, this is just, this is common sense. I haven't heard this from anyone. This is just God speaking to me. Nobody ever taught me this or told me this, but you know, to me, to me, it just makes absolute sense, right? So, so, you know, I put my hand right here and you can see my shadow. The closer I start to get to a light, you won't see my shadow no more. Because the light overtakes me and it goes right through me. It gets to a point where the sun won't leave a shadow the closer you're getting to it. You see an airplane shadow, shadow, the closer it's getting and the sun's noon, you don't see that shadow. You'll see it when the sun's further away. And God's presence in our lives, when he's that close, we don't have a shadow. We can't hide things. You're not worried about things. You're not worried about stuff. Because God's right there with you. You're not, you're not, you're not, you know, worried about stuff. You know, are they lying to me? Is he lying to me? She's lying to me. Are they lying to me? Are my kids lying to me? Because you're trusting in God. And God gives you assurance by saying, everything comes to light. That's the light. It's powerful. The light overtakes you. It overtakes you. And we trust in his light. But the darkness wants to overtake you too. The darkness wants to tell you, hey, it's okay. God understands what you've been through. It's all right. It's okay. And you got to tell yourself, it's not okay. It's not all right. I don't feel good this way. I know God has something better for me. I got to come clean. If we turn to John 12, 38, amen. That the saying of Isaiah's the prophet, Isaiah, the prophet, might be fulfilled, which he spoke, Lord, who hath believed our report, and to whom hath the arm of the Lord been revealed? Therefore, they could not believe, because that Isaiah said again, he hath blinded, their eyes and hath hardened their heart that they should not see with their eyes nor understand with their heart and be converted and I should heal them. So we see here that God, you know, that God, God's prepared to work with us, brothers and sisters. And the moment that we say, God, work on us, God, 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 I'm a mess, God. But the moment we, we, we start just to get in that shadow part or even in the darkness side of it and God can't work with us, then, 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 then God will blind us and he will harden our hearts. And, 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 and nobody, nobody wants to hear that. Everybody wants to hear, no, no, Brother Gabe, God's not going to do that. God's not going to do that. 
That's not God. God is love. Absolutely. And I don't know how many of y'all disciplined kids. I guess you ain't got no love. You guys are so mean, y'all. So mean. You should report you. Take your kids away. (sighs) You discipline them because you love them. It hurts. And you don't think it hurts God every single time the discipline comes. And the correction comes to us. And he's saying, man, didn't you see it this time? Didn't you know this time this was going to cause this? How many times before has this happened? What made you think it was going to be different? It was been the same outcome every time. You thinking you were sufficient. You took me out of the equation. Every single time we get to this point, you push me to the side. And you're like, I'm going to do it. Oh, you don't know what I'm talking about, do you? I guess it's just me that I have this conversation with God all crazy. I'm a mess, I guess. All you all like, I never, that's never, never happens to me, Brother Gabe. I'm praying for you, though, Brother Gabe. I'm praying for you. Luke 4.18, as long as you're praying for me. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives and the recovering of sight to the blind, to set liberty at liberty them which are bruised. Listen to the word here as we remember the wretched. Blind, poor, naked, common in revelations that Jesus has came to fulfill the prophecies. He's as close as we need him to be in our lives, brothers and sisters, but some of us are so captivated by our surroundings instead of what's in us. We're so worried about relationships instead of the relationship. We're so worried about finances instead of he who opens up the heavens. So worried about our loved ones when he's, he loves you so much that he's preparing something. But we need to get strong in him. The examples. I, I, I'm telling you, to, man, I thank God for experiences in my life. Great experience in my life. I, I, I don't even know where this, why this comes, but experience in my life. You know, God helped me with this with my kids because God only knows what my experiences can be when they get older. I remember, you know, Brother Nando visiting one of his kids in jail. And the kid was like, get me out of jail. Get me out of jail. I still remember this. Brother Nanda was like, pray. Pray, God get you out. I can't get you out. Pray. Get me out. You need to get me out. You got to get me out. You need to pray. You need to pray to God. God. And this response came from his child. What's he going to do? I need you to get me out. What did that show me? Sometimes. We become the gods of our kids, but they forget their God. 
I can go to my mom and my mom's going to save me every time. My dad and they're going to save me every time. What do I need God for? You don't want to hear this. You don't want this. You don't want the truth to set you free. God is who's going to break and going to make and shape. All you can do is sit back and say, God, just give me the strength, God. Give me the strength to experience this, God. And, and I'm believing, God, you're doing something. I'm trusting in you, Father. I hate to see this, God. I hate to see them locked up right now, God. But, God, you, need to, you know what you need to do. Because it may be better that they get into heaven with no legs than into hell with all their limbs. You know everything, God. I trust in you, Father. Give me the strength. And God will do it. Trust me, he does this. God, God's waiting for that. It, it, it's amazing. God is waiting for that. God is waiting for that courage. God is waiting for that faith. God is waiting for you to be courageous and say, God, I'm trusting in you, God. I know you're going to do it, God. I'm trusting in you, Father. When you get in the way, then you get in the way. It's pretty simple, isn't it? You're like, I can't get in God's way. Yeah, you can. It's very easy for you to say, God, I got this. When God was like, man, I was so close. That breaking was there. That breaking was there. It was starting to crumble. That stone heart was starting to crumble. Help us, Jesus. I'm going to ask the group to pass on up. Revelations 3.20. Why don't we all stand up, brothers and sisters? Gabriel, why don't you come up here? Christian, can you get little Lorenzo? I love this verse right here, brothers and sisters, because there's so much revelation to it. But there really is when you look at this. Why don't we all stand up and read this, brothers and sisters, and know that God is speaking to us in this last verse that we're going to read here in the book of Revelations. Amen? Behold, I stand at the door. So where's he at? At the door. Let's just read it simple. And knock. So where's he at? What's he doing? So behold, I stand at the door and I knock. What does it say next? If any, any man hear my voice. So I find that pretty interesting because It doesn't say if any, it doesn't say if any man hear my knock. I mean, I just want, I I just, I I appreciate you, God, because I enjoy just reading and and it's so simple, right? Because, but we say, well, that's, that's, it probably meant knock. It said voice. 
if any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and I will sup with him and he with me. So behold, I stand at the door and knock. We, 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 we see God here today and he stood at our doors. Each one of us, our doors, the doors of our heart. And some of us heard things that we didn't like to hear. Some of us, we heard about pride. Some of us heard, heard about hurt. Some of us heard about forgiveness. And, and, we, and, we, and, and we heard the voice of God. But we didn't come to the door. And why didn't we come to the door? Because we didn't want to let him in. Because you only don't come to the door when you don't want to let something in. And we chose to hold on to what we've had in us. We've chose to hold on to what we brought with us instead of opening up and saying, God, come. Come in, God. Please come in. Please come in, God. You made it right in time. It was, it almost got bad, God. It, it, this almost happened, God. But come on, come in, God. Please come in and sit down, God. Please come in. Please, please, my best, my best table. God, let's break bread together. Show me, God, what, 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 how to remove this, this hurt. Show me, God, how to remove this pride. Because I'm so grateful, God, that you came to my door today. And I heard your voice. But it says that some didn't open the door. Some couldn't hear the voice today because their voice was louder. We're going to have an opportunity to come on up here, brothers and sisters, and, and ask God to, to come into our house. Amen. I'm going to ask uh, Gabby to sing this song, Come to the Altar. as we ask God to just come into our lives, amen.